Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, deep book study. My name is Amy G., and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, May 5th. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 155, the first paragraph, starting with his call to the clergyman. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Janet E., Diane B., Nancy P., the reference numbers for yesterday's meeting, Monday, May 4th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 14,553, that's 14553, and 10 a.m. Eastern, 14,554, 14554. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's strict tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Nancy P. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Nancy. I'm still, I've been looking for them. She said that I had to read them and I can't, does someone know the exact, oh, here they are. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives would become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. (coughs) Excuse me, Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual Awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to out al- to alcoholics, to compulsive readers, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. I will now ask for Sandy C. to read the Twelve Traditions. Go ahead, Sandy. The Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose. There is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought Never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, uh, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Sandy. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted and please try to avoid speaking on a speakerphone. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 155, the first paragraph, and I'm going to ask Janet E. to get us started. Go ahead, Janet. Thanks, Amy, for your service. I'm Janet E., a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic, and restrictor in Cuenca, Ecuador. Um, His call to the clergyman led him presently to a certain resident of the town, who, through formerly able and respected, was then nearing the nadir of his of alcoholic despair. It was the usual situation, home in jeopardy, wife ill, children distracted, bills in arrears, and standing damaged. He had a desperate desire to stop, but saw no way out, for he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape, painfully aware of being somehow abnormal, The man did not fully realize what it meant to be alcoholic. And I start getting excited when I'm, when I'm reading this, this paragraph, this is the result of Bill deciding to uh, turn away from the bar in the Mayflower hotel and 
get on that phone and lift the receiver. And who does the hand of God connect Bill Wilson to? But we know it's Bob and we know it's Dr. Bob. And this is where unbeknownst to him um, will lead to the birth of AA. And what a just, what an incredible unfolding and the hand of God in motion in the way it's just amazing. And um, you know, he was just another alcoholic who basically burned his life down around him and he didn't understand what it meant to be alcoholic. He was at the nadir of his alcoholic despair, which is just means low point, the lowest point. And, you know, Bill got the information in two parts. He understood from Silkworth, Dr. Silkworth, that he was bodily and mentally different. But then he received information about what the solution was from Ebby. And so now Bill is perfectly suited and armed to tell, to share the nature of this disease with Dr. Bob. He has all the information about it and will be able to carry that full message to him. And the result is just absolutely incredible. And I remember not understanding myself what it meant. I knew I was painfully aware of being um, abnormal. Um, I knew I didn't react around food the way other people did, um, but I didn't know what it meant to be um, a compulsive over. I didn't understand the twofold nature of, of my disease, of our disease. And you know, where I finally found that full message, finally, thank you, God, was through this particular Vision for You meeting where the information was so clearly presented from the big book with so many recovered um, people online sharing what that meant to them. It finally, finally clicked. And I had read it. I would read it in the book. I'm not sure I ever really fully understood it or agreed with it. But this last time coming through the steps, um, really in September, um, I finally, finally understood. All the pieces sunk in. And I was able to concur with both aspects of this disease in step one and say, yes, this is me. This is me. And come through the steps with a recovered sponsor and get to this place of neutrality that I had heard so many vision people talking about, but I was just, it had eluded me for so long, for decades in program, like so many of us. And what an incredible, this is why I love our book. This is how it's timeless. This just tells us that, you know, I'm in a position now to share this with others and help um, unlock and share the big book with others in my sponsor, in my sponsoring, which is a great, great gift. So I'm, I'm just love reading this and it gives me so much gratitude in amazement at, again, the hand of God in motion. And i um, glad to be on the line today. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janet, for getting us started. Okay, so now we're going to open it up to take some names who would like to share on what was read. Although we value your experience tremendously, we, actually, uh, we, we would actually like to ask if you would refrain, if you have spoken in the last three days, to give way for others to share their experience, strength, and hope. Who would like to share? Tina S. Diana S. Diana. Nancy P. Nancy P. Anybody else? Um, M. 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 
is E. Barb. Was it Liz? Barbara P? E? Barbara P. I got you. Liz. Elena C. All right. I think we're going to go with that, Elena C. Okay. So I've got Tina S. Diane. You'll have to give me your initial when you come up. Nancy P. Ann M. Liz. Didn't get your initial either. Barb C. Elena C. Okay. All right. Tina, you are up. Please go ahead. Thanks so much, Amy. Uh, Tina S. Recovered Compulsive Eater. Anorexic in Florida. Um, okay, thank you. Um, grateful to be on the line. And what what a great paragraph. And, and the, the reader just really unpacked this phenomenally. I, you know, I don't know that I have much more to add except for that, you know, I was, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, he was nearing the nadir of alcoholic spirit despair his lowest point you know and shit was hitting the fan home in jeopardy way feel children distracted all kind of stuff was happening you know and and being desperate hopeless and desire to stop and but really not fully realizing what it meant to be an alcoholic you know i did not know that i had an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind and then i had to continue doing what i was doing unless there was a different solution because what i was doing was the only solution i had ever known and i had tried every other Many, many avenues, every way of escape, all that I knew, you know, and it, bottom line was this was the house, the last house on the block, you know, and there was a solution and somebody who was um, recovered, you know, and armed with the facts. I love that she talked about that informed, well-informed and armed with the facts was going to show me, not tell me, not ask me just to read, but show me how to have a transformation, how to live this life one day at a time and not have to be in my compulsive eating and to die from this stuff, to have a transformation, to have a relationship with a power greater than myself, which will solve my problem. Well, it doesn't say on page 45, well, will help me. It says, which will solve my problem. And that's exactly what this book is about. So some great stuff. And I'm looking forward to hear what everybody else has to share. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tina S. Diane, I didn't get your first initial of your last name. Hi, good morning. This is Diana S. in Arkansas, um, recovered in Arkansas. Thank you, God. Um, Yes, so there were many avenues of escape that I attempted to to use um, to get out of this compulsive eating disease. But, of course, at that time, you know, I had no idea of what it meant to be a compulsive eater. You know, I just thought that I had, um, you know, a, a body issue. I just thought, I, I never thought that I had, you know, some sort of eating disorder issue or a mental um, or a spiritual malady um, or, or anything like that, you know, and that's what we learn when we come into this program is we learn that we're spiritually sick people and we also have an allergy and we also have a um, uh, the mental obsession that makes us so different from from other people. So all these things combined, um, you know, the, the illness is is very powerful. And so that's why all the things I tried they they didn't work. You know, I had to have a power greater than myself. Um, I wasn't enough to keep me away from the food because all, all of my plans, you know, they were just human aid, um, which, you know, 
part of my illness was to compulsively exercise or to, to start new hobbies, you know, distract myself, um, start new relationships, um, have goals. And, and a lot of those things I, I, I couldn't meet, you know, I couldn't keep, keep them going because I was back in the food. I was always in the food. Um, and I told myself many different types of stories um, to, to keep going. Um, but, you know, at some point it, it all failed and I'm actually really thankful that it did because today I would still be doing that. I would still be doing those insane things. Um, but I'm not today. Today I'm in a program. Today I, I have a sponsor. Today I'm recovered in abstinent. Thank you, God. And that's only because of this program. It's only because of my higher power that someone carried the message to me. And, um, you know, so thankful that we can still be here today and still carry this message that started many, many years ago. Um, yeah, with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much. Nancy P., you're up. Hi, good morning. This is Nancy P., uh, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So this paragraph is awesome, and um, there's a couple things in it that I really like. Um, one, it's sort of the, the usual situation, home in jeopardy, wife ill, children distracted, bills in arrears, and standing damaged. I mean, any one of those things. Ask anyone who's like, you know, home in jeopardy, you know, like the whole losing your house or, you know, you know, your sickness in your family, any one of those things can just knock you for a loop. But to me, this isn't so much about Bob, about Dr. Bob, as it is about Bill, because Bill has really surrendered. And um, and he, you know, he lifted the receiver. And then he was connected to a guy that said, yeah, I can help, I can help you. And so talk to this alcoholic who's really in trouble, who's Dr. Bob. Um, and for Bill... He's on very solid ground here because he knows what it's like to be, um, you know, have his home in jeopardy, his wife ill. You know, he didn't have any children, but, you know, his bills and arrears and his standing damage. He knew all that. He knows that really well. So, you know, what it says in the book is work with other alcoholics is imperative. Ebby says it. It's the most important thing. I mean, I was just talking to somebody on the phone before the meeting, and I, I, I said that out loud. I said, you know, and I've said it before. The first 11 steps allowed me to, prepared me rather, to work step 12. And step 12 allows me to work all the other steps. And, um, you know, there is no problem, none, zero, that these steps will not solve, none. And they give you some pretty, pretty stark examples, home in jeopardy, wife ill, children distracted, bills and arrears and standing damaged. I mean, there isn't much left that, you know, that can happen that's, you know, pretty terrible. And, um, you know, in the end, Bill did it, he did it for himself. And, you know, it's in service to others. It's where you find yourself. And, um, you know, that's what he did. He reached for it. He he briefly thought about going where the gay music was coming in the bar. But um, then he remembered, oh, yeah, I've surrendered. I don't need to do that. And um, it's a really powerful example to me about what surrender really means. Like, you know, once I surrendered, my food problem was removed. It did not exist for me anymore. I'm in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. 
So all of the problems have come true for me. And the final, you know, nail in the coffin of that is when I work with other people. And I do that seven days a week. Um, I don't necessarily talk to sponsees seven days a week, but I talk to other people. I, you know, I'm helping other people and, and putting myself out there and being in contact with other people. Every day I find something to do. And, um, you know, somebody asked me earlier this week, you know, don't you find it, um, I'm wrapping up, don't you find okay. it a lot of work? And yeah, it is work, but it's, it's, that's why they call it work. So um, surrender, surrender, surrender. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. All right. Anne M. Go ahead. Anna. Hi. Hi, Amy. Thanks for your service. My name is Anne M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ireland and uh, very grateful to be on the line. And, uh, yeah, this paragraph really speaks to me, especially the second part of it. You know, home in jeopardy, bills in arrears, standing damaged. And it is the hopeless case that we, you know, the hopelessness of of this disease and the rock bottom and the, you know, the despair that we get to. And, um, yeah, and realizing the powerlessness and the, and the power over, over, you know, the, the drink for Bill. And, you know, it's, it's at this point that we, you know, take that leap of faith and, 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 and that's the solution, you know, it goes on to say, you know, about painfully aware of being somewhat abnormal uh, the man did not fully realize what his real problem was, you know, about being an alcoholic. And that was me. I came into the into the program, you know, to get the food sorted. And my mind was so sick that, you know, I thought I'd get the food sorted. I'd be gone and uh, make up for lost time and, you know, not understand the problem. I didn't realize I didn't really get it clear you know, until until I, I heard it over and over again on vision, you know, it's a twofold illness. It's an allergy of the body and a, an obsession of the mind. And, you know, food was my solution. It wasn't my problem. It was my solution to my problem. Um, and, you know, understanding what alcoholism is, it's, 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 it's my perspective on life and my thinking. So it centers in my mind. Um, yeah, and just getting that in that understanding and, you know, being able to understand the problem and also, you know, the part down here where it says, um, yeah, he had um, a desperate desire to stop, but saw no way out, no solution there. And for he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. And that's, you know, I'm so grateful to have a solution, to know what it is, to be able to work the solution, to be, you know, to be willing to do that. And, you know, I've heard it said, you know, that some people's rock bottom is death and, it was definitely coming to mind and I'm so grateful I was at that rock bottom, I was at that low point and I was at that desperate place, you know, of, of, of you know, jumping off, you know, jumping off the, yeah, the edge of the cliff was my place and, you know, I'm so grateful that I understand now the problem, understand the solution and I'm, I'm willing to, you know, to go to any lengths and that is so powerful for me. I'm really, really grateful. And thank you so much for your, your service, Amy. And thanks, everyone, for being on the line with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Anna. Okay, who do we have next here? Liz. Liz, go ahead. I didn't get your initial, your last name, but go ahead. Liz, are you there? Liz, are you here? Yeah, Liz go ahead, Liz. E. Got it. I'm e. from Bristol, UK. Thank you very much for your service and everyone else who's doing service here today. Um, I'm a newcomer. I'm having my first meeting with my sponsor today, so I'm really excited. Welcome. Um, 
I've been in OA and FA. I've been around the rooms for a good number of years and not and had various amounts of success. But for the first time, I have some real hope. And I guess it's the clarity of the message. And this paragraph here, um, he was desperate to have a desire to stop, but saw no way out. That's me. And being, painfully being aware of somehow abnormal. That is so me. And I've often thought to myself that um, I just want to go to a computer shop and get a new piece of software for my brain so that I could reprogram myself. Because if only I could behave like other people, if only I could do things other people do, because I just have this abnormal behavior um, around food. And, you know, I just found it so bizarre. You go out with friends to a coffee shop or to a restaurant, and they will eat one mouthful of some delicious dessert. And you're like inside of me just screaming, I'll finish that for you. And it's just, and I've known for a long time that I am different. And I just haven't been able to process that. And um, this here, the man did not fully realize what it's to be an alcoholic. And yes, since um, joining A Vision for You, I'm really beginning to understand the allergy of body and the obsession of mind and the way you lay it out and again and again and again is just so helpful. So I just want to thank everybody on the call and for all of you being here and service. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Liz. Barbara P., you're up. Good morning. This is Barbara P. from Atlanta and um, recovered compulsive overeater. And what I'm seeing this morning, it, I guess really what popped out is this, first of all, earnestly tried many avenues of escape. And I know I did. And I had really, I still have a pretty strong will. I, I do have willpower when it comes to most things. And I pushed and prodded and did a lot in my life. But when I, there was no way to stop the food. Um, and but when I came in, I really thought there was no way to stop the weight. I, I, it sounds so dumb to me, but I didn't know I had an eating problem or a food problem. I just thought I had a weight problem, and that's what I kept focusing on. Is just this, this, but it, with this desperate desire and earnestly trying everything to work with my weight. But. Um, so, but uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought for a minute. But what um, painfully aware of being somehow abnormal—that's what really hit this morning. What that I, I was not reacting in the same way. Something was wrong, and that's why these rooms really meant something when people started talking about a disease and. I realized, and they talk, started talking about the first bite, and I guess that's really what I'm thinking of this morning. It's the first bite, the first decision to take the bite. It is the thinking, but it's that decision. Um, and yet the decision always seems to make sense at some point. So I didn't realize I had this twofold problem. I've got this disease where my body reacts so differently, and I've got this mind that makes a decision regardless of, of how the repercussions have been in the past. 
Oh, so it's it's really it is uh, as earnestly as I try, and now as I work with people, I watch them earnestly try, and I just pray that they stop trying, just give up, and as our friend Nancy says, surrender. Because once I know what it means, it was a huge relief. It was actually a relief to give up. Because being an addict, I I can try all I want. I have just got to give up. And a lot of times that means giving up the decisions. Anyway, hope I'm making sense. Thanks very much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara. Uh, Lana C. We're going to open it up for a few more. It's, did you say Elena, Elena C? I did, Elena, yes. Okay. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. And I am so uh, welcoming um, everybody's comments and this paragraph in particular. And I'm newly recovered um, and just finished the 12-step reading with my sponsor. And I'm, you know, I'm very, uh, it's interesting because I have to start uh, taking Stancy. Well, I don't have to, I want to. And, you know, this is uh, uh, Dr. Bill, I mean, Dr. Bill's first Stancy and or protege. And, you know, it's, it's about like the um, paragraphs before the choice that he made, he chose to go to the church instead of the, instead of the bar. And he chose to Stay sober, and that's how the future of AA it was. That that's why we have a program today, and I'm grateful for that. And you know, I'm always puzzled and in awe in this paragraph by how this disease of addiction affects the family. Um, you know, everybody is doing, everybody is not well, and they had they worked with the families back then a lot and i don't think we're doing that today like i don't know anybody who works with a family in a vision for you i i might be in aa but i don't know but i also know that there is an elanon program that the family can go and that was because you know lois um after bill got sober lois thought that she will have the relationship of her dreams with her husband but that didn't happen because Bill became very busy with um, his alcoholics, getting alcoholics sober to stay sober. And that's how she she's like, well, wait a minute, then I need a program myself. And that's how Elanon was born. But the the bottom line is how this is affecting the whole family and how, um, you know, and I know it it had affected the family that I was growing up, the family that I have made, um, you know, after that, my, my own choosing. Um, and just the last paragraph, I did not fully realize what it meant to be alcoholic. I did not realize I'm a compulsive overeater. I thought I just, you know, I just like to eat. <laughs> And I, I like to eat and can't stop. And, you know, the desperation of not being able to stop is is something that the mental twist also and something that brought me into these rooms. I was desperate. desperate. And I'm very I'm recovered today, and I'm very glad to be here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elana. Okay, so... We are on page 155, the first paragraph. 
who else would like to share on what was read? And if you haven't shared Charles in your H. Case, we'd love to hear. Charles, okay. Vasa O. Lola M. I heard, I heard Vasa O, and there was someone before Vasa. Denise B. Vida 
I just knew I loved to eat, and I just dieted my whole life for 20 years, off and on, and I did everything I heard of, and none of that worked, and this was my last hope, coming to Overeaters Anonymous, and I even gave up dieting, you know, maybe a month, month even before I came to the program, because I remember saying, what's the use? So I really gave into the food even more, because I was just so hopeless, nothing worked, might as well keep on going, and I would be dead today if I did not find um, the programs. And um, I, I had a lot of willpower in many other areas, but when it came to the food, I could not control it, I couldn't do it any longer, and I came to the end of me, and I was so ready, and I was so willing to surrender. Whoever there is a higher power, the 12 steps, meetings, and I was so ready. I had no, no understanding what the allergy of the body was. And, uh, I mean, I had the obsession of the mind, but I didn't know what that meant either till I came and, uh, and studied the book, you know, in, and learned in the doctor's opinion what it meant. So I went cold dur- turkey. I was really terrified uh, and I stopped putting those toxic substances in my body because I learned that's what would set me up for the obsession of the mind. And it wasn't just those. I was a volume eater, too. It could have been anything, but it seemed like it was not as powerful when I stopped um, the sugar and stuff. And uh, I didn't feel bad about alcoholics or drug addicts. I thought... They should be able to stop. What's wrong with them? Well, I had to look at myself. What's wrong with me? Why can't I stop this? And I started having compassion for them and myself also. It is by the, my, by the grace of my higher power, God, whatever you call it. It's out there, and it works if we work it. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa Now, Lynn, I guess it was Lynn C. Did I get that right? Somebody C. Lynn C. Are you there? Okay. Maybe with my imagination. Um, All right. Carmela G. You're up, please. Go ahead, Carmela. Thank you so much, Amy. Um, I am Carmela G., a grateful compulsive of either recovered in New York. He had a desperate desire to stop, but the reality was he didn't know what was wrong. He was a physician. He was a healer. Our program, my program, on the outside, I had to pretend everything was wonderful. He was a prominent man in society because he had to help people. He had to have that facade. So all of the defects, the arrogance, the self-righteousness, all of that had to flourish so he could survive on the outside. But within, he was just withering away. And when I reflect on how the program worked on me, it was the same thing. 
the mask that I had to wear every single day to pretend that everything was wonderful and I had the power and control. And then the reality, when I was alone with my thoughts, it just got worse and worse. So I needed more and more food to fix it, fix it, fix it. And it got to a point where, so if I died, what's the difference? And Dr. Bob was hanging on. So his recovery, once the gift of Bill contacting him, amazing how God enlightened Bill, how he selected Bob. And Bob said, he's only going to give him 15 minutes. That was that arrogance. But yet, once he heard the words, he was ready because he was so desperate. He wanted to be fixed. So with that, I pass and I pray that we get desperate enough that we put the food down and take that first step and hang on to the hand that reaches out to us to pull us out of the hole and then find that higher power that's going to love us forever. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Carmela. Nancy F., go ahead. Yeah, this is Nancy F. from Memphis. I'm calling in because I really need this program. Um, It works if you work it, and I'm really making a strong effort. I've been dealing with this for over 39 years, and it's sad that I've been doing it more than I haven't been doing it. But um, I'm hooking up with AA people, and it's fantastic. Just keep on working it, and it'll work for you. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Welcome. Okay, Lola. Lola Ann, please go ahead. Lola Ann, press star one to unmute. Are you there? Okay, maybe I'm imagining things in my hearing today. Okay, well, we have time for some more shares. So who would like to share on what was read? Let's take a couple of people. Um, I'm Sarah. I would love to share. Sarah? Yes. Yes, hi. Initial? Um, and your last name? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I, I'm new. All right. Sarah E. Sarah Erskine. But, Okay, Sarah, hold on. All right. Anybody else? Sally A and Deborah M. Sally A, Deborah M. Maybe one more? Anybody else? All right. All right, Sarah E., please go ahead. Welcome. Hi, thank you. This is the first uh, Vision for You phone call that I've done before. Um, I really appreciate. Thank you. I love. I love it. <laughs> I really appreciate mm-hmm. what everybody had to say. 
Um, I think the reading itself, the thing that struck me the most was just how chaotic and a mess of Bill's life for his, like Bill's family's life was. Um, Just how, you know, we don't live in an isolated box, um, even though I know at least for myself, I have felt oh, my my eating disorder issues or my overeater or my food issues don't affect anybody else, but that's not true. And um, I think I was really struck by that, just how much of a mess it creates for everybody else besides um, Bill or myself. Um, and I don't remember um, who shared it, um, but someone had talked about because I've struggled with anorexia and then binging at night and um especially the one who shared about like trying new hobbies and all these different activities just to try to distract yourself um from you know the the disease um or the addiction and that is not that those things are bad but that's just a band-aid for the problem um and only God has the power to change hearts. Um, and so I just relate a lot to that where, all right, well, why don't you try, you know, meditation? Or why don't you try crafting? You know, like something like that to just distract you. But the disease is still there. Um, and and also just one last thing is, you know, for, for myself in particular, I struggle more with eating at night. Um, as a stress reliever or, you know, for whatever reason. Um, But that decision to make the first bite at night is, um, for me, the most challenging. Um, So, and, and I'm a personal trainer, so having to wear a mask every day that I'm fine um, when I'm dying on the inside, um, I definitely relate um, but this is the only thing that has ever worked for me. Um, so I just uh, I relate, and I appreciate everyone sharing, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Sarah. Okay, Sally A., you're up. Good morning. Good morning, A Vision for You, and thank you for your service, Amy. Sally A., recovering in New York, always recovering. Seems my whole life has been um, in such a position that um, I can identify greatly with um, Dr. Bob here um, as they give this little sketch of the man that Bill called from that phone booth in the uh, uh, when he was in that um, hotel lobby. And so I just wanted to speak on these sentences. He had a desperate desire to stop, but saw no way out. I really do identify with that for he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. For myself, when I see this, I've been in OA for so many, so many years of my life, and um, every time I walk away from OA and feel like I don't need it or I feel that, because I've had so many scenarios for walking away and, and then coming back, coming back to OA, I've realized that, um, yes, I have a desperate desire to stop, And I don't see a way out because I always want to have my cake and eat it too. That's really the truth of who I am. I always want to um, 
I, I honestly am one of the people I have come to see that has used OA as a dieting tool, never realizing that there really is something more here than me just um, getting the getting the fat off, as I put it to myself. You know, you've got to get the fat off. Um, it's not just about getting the fat off. This is not a diet tool. This is a way of life. And um, he says he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape, and I'm sure he did as I did. I've had many diets in my life, and OA was even among my diets, painfully aware of being somehow abnormal. The man did not fully realize what it meant to be alcoholic. And that's me. I am painfully aware that I am not like other people and therefore other people cannot understand that I require um, a twofold program, one that really um, takes a really hard and honest look at um, food and how food has served me through my life and a program that really looks at my thinking because I use food to anesthetize. Food is not the problem. The problem for me is very much the, the emotional buildup. And, um, and I've come to realize that nothing else is going to work but a 12-step program and an honest food plan that really uh, takes me away from all of the foods that, um, are just, that make me ultimately sick. And so I, I'm just at a very new place and after years of being in this program, and um, just happy that it's here for me again. Thank you, Amy. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much, Sally. Deborah M., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Did you say Deborah M.? I did. Go ahead. Okay, thanks. Um, when I hear this um, paragraph and look at this paragraph, I see... Oh, Deborah M. Compulsive Overeater. I see um, two men connecting. And for me, this is about connection. Um, For many years, I would go to OA meetings for years and years, and I would go in and I would listen and I would smile at everyone and I would go home, but I never got connected. And so when I would go home, I would try to be abstinent. I would put stickies on the wall on the days I was abstinent. I, but I never connected. It was just me trying to do this by myself. And this time with Vision, um, I had a sponsor and everything that I was afraid of doing in the program turned out to be the best thing I could do. Getting a sponsor was life-giving and doing the fourth step that I had so much fear over was life-giving and the meetings that's actually kind of easy for me but the connecting to someone else the sharing of life the understanding of the disease that is what is very life-giving and when I hear this paragraph I see two people who are going to get together and they're going to talk honestly, and they're going to understand one another, and that's the gift. And they're going to connect with each other. I have um, children who are in AA, and once a week I speak with my son who's in AA, and every time we connect, 
I get so much out of it. Last night we must have talked for I don't know how long, but it is just so life-giving and it brings me to a new way of life. And now when I'm working program, it's not just me alone at home trying to figure it out and trying to do it. So I'll pass. Thank you so much, Deborah. Okay, so we have time for one more share. Who would like to take us out? Lola N. Lola, you came back. Thought I missed you. Thought I heard you. Please go ahead. Well, you hadn't. Hi, I'm Lola and compulsive eater in New York. So glad to be here. And I couldn't unmute when I was pushing star one. So I called back in and, and delighted to speak because this section is so terrific. And I relate to it from both sides um, and also realize how lucky we are that we can go to OA. You know, there's a place that when we're in Dr. Bob's position, you know, thanks to these men in the program, there's somewhere to go. And I so relate to the, you know, being desperate, not knowing what is wrong. Um, I tried commercial weight loss programs for years and, you know, didn't realize the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And, you know, for me, it was really a gift of desperation you know, going into uh, the program. I I hadn't wanted to go, um, but, you know, I was ready because I was just powerless um, to do it. And as a a sponsor, I've, um, you know, people will approach me to sponsor and I say yes. And it's been such a gift to say yes to people who were very different from me. Um, you know, people, a couple who I may not have even been that comfortable with, but it was so helpful to focus on other people and to see that this is a disease that cuts across all swaths of people. And in many ways, it's a leap of faith that God will connect us together. Although I didn't realize it at the time, I got a wonderful sponsor who's um, worked with the, the big book and I just showed up at a meeting asked for her phone number, which was hard for me, picked up that heavy phone, called her a few times, and ultimately asked her to be my sponsor. And it's been a wonderful relationship. And she made it very clear that it's essential, you know, to help others and um, to reach out. And it's so gratifying um, how it works. Like I felt like when I was ready, this wonderful sponsor appeared. You know, I was ready for the connection and it happened. And I hope that in working with other people, it helps. I've been doing ninth steps with a couple of sponsees lately and um, and, and fifth steps. And it's just really so wonderful, you know, the passing on the program that all starts with these initial steps of readiness and someone reaching out to help. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lola. Perfect timing. Glad you were able to get back in there. Okay. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for another second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following. The share ID for today's meeting, Tuesday, 
May 5th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You Big Book Study is 14,559. We will now close the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Diane B., if you could please read a vision for you. Good morning. Excuse me. This is Diane B., New Rochelle, New York, gratefully recovered today. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.